1: Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on
3: VSIN, the sports betting network. Holden Kushner with you, host of the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers under the VSIN umbrella. Check it out. If you're ever betting a Denver team or a Colorado sports team, that's what I do. I talk about betting all the local teams here. So, again, uh, you're thinking about a future on the Broncos, go for it. You like Colorado state or Colorado basketball, go for it. Uh, the nuggets. Obviously I do a lot of talk about the nuggets right now. And let's talk a little bit more NFL or, or NBA and then some NFL too, which spread a stare. My buddy from run pure Betts, one of the best in the business at the NBA, uh, Mr. Spread. Thank you very much for hopping on. I appreciate it. That's the first thing with the formalities. Second thing is, Got any thoughts on the Super Bowl? Any bets uh, going in there yet?
4: What's up? Holden, so glad to be on the show. Bright and early this morning. Super Bowl. Man, (laughs) I've been flip-flopping on the side. So I'm not going to take a stand on the side because I think I'll flip-flop a a couple more times. Uh, Great thing is it is an exciting matchup. And the fact that you can't make such great arguments on both sides of the teams uh, really makes me excited to watch it on this Sunday. The way I will approach this game and what I do feel a lot safer about, though, is the first half under. Um, I'm seeing 23 and a half now. I'm hoping that some correlated money can drive that up a little and I can get it under 24. If it's still 23 and a half, you know, I'm not worried about it dropping to 23. Um, So I'm willing to wait on that. But I do like the first half under. We've seen this a lot in the Super Bowl that teams are going to come out conservative. And the last thing that either of these coaches want to do is to make the big mistake that puts them in the hole, right? The big turnover, uh, the big play that really steals the momentum at at the beginning of the game. Uh, both teams have excellent running games. Cam Akers is back for the Rams. I expect him to be featured a lot. And of course, the Bengals are going to want to get Joe Mixon involved. I think this first quarter goes pretty quickly. Uh, as far as the game time goes, I'm looking at the first half under uh, 23 and a half is fine. Hopefully when I wait, I can get an under 24.
3: I'm going to go dig into that uh, after our, our talk here. I think that's a very interesting angle uh, to go get at this thing. But let's go to the NBA. We've got uh, maybe James Harden plays tonight. There was the, the rumor out there right now that maybe he's on his way out, that there was a Nets-Sixers deal that is on the way there. Any thoughts on what happens with James Harden going forward? Because the Nets, you know, coming into the season, one of the favorites to win the title. Right now, they look like they're in disarray. What are your thoughts on the Nets and the Sixers' needs here? And does this Harden deal happen?
4: I personally would like it to happen from a fan's perspective. Uh, I'd like to see Ben Simmons playing again. I think it's really too bad on um, what's going on there with the holdout and obviously blame on both sides. Um, and sort of a little blame to Adam Silver, too. I've posited before that David Stern would have never let this happen. He would have got everybody in a room and worked out a deal. Um, but this is the new NBA, and under Adam Silver, this is what's going on. As far as James Harden, I don't know how the fit personality wise. Uh, With Kyrie Irvin works, I just don't think that they are a good fit personality-wise. The basketball, I think they can make it work because they're such talented players. But I think he's a little fed up with the fact that you know he knows his window is dwindling. He knows that in the end, it's like a Barkley situation where he's going to be judged whether or not he gets that championship at this point because he has all the statistical accolades. He's a for sure Hall of Famer, but to really move him up into that next tier... He needs the ring on his finger. Uh, he obviously thought going to Brooklyn, they would be this three-headed monster, and that he was going to be able to get the title. Now I'm wondering if he thinks his window, uh, you know, is going away here in Brooklyn. And half of that is to do with the fact that the Kyrie Irving is not all in. You know, in sports we constantly hear about the sacrifices uh, that these players are constantly making, and that's what you need to do to become an elite athlete at, at that level. I don't know if Harden believes that Kyrie's making the necessary sacrifices. Um, It's just this kind of came up here all of a sudden. And then, of course, uh, Harden, number one, didn't play well against the Sacramento Kings. And he sits out the next game against the Jazz uh, with the hamstring, which is going to be in a lingering issue for him. I wonder how much of that really is the hamstring and how much of that is sending a a message to the team like, hey, this isn't what what I was promised when you brought me in here. He is a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, If the Nets are worried that he is going to bail on them, it would be wise uh, for them to move on from him now. I think Ben Simmons would actually be a great fit for this team. There's no pressure for him to shoot uh, with Irving and Durant right there, right? So you just add his defense. He brings this team's size. If you look at the way that you want to attack the Nets, it's down low. It's in the middle. They are struggling. I think Nico Claxton is an excellent young player, uh, but still obviously has some deficiencies and we see the inexperience out there a lot. I personally would like to see the, the team make the trade whether it happens. I don't know because Daryl Morey is a really tough guy to read and he definitely enjoys the, uh, the deal making aspect of being a general manager.
3: So Thursday is the trade deadline. It's coming up. And we saw the rumor of Harden getting moved to the Sixers, take them from about 10 to one to win the championship to about six to one. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Just rumors is what we're talking about right now. Is there another team or two that you think is going to have to make a move here is going to make a move here down the stretch to get themselves in the best position to win it all? Because how many teams are there really in that spot?
4: Yeah, so, the, you know, of course, the teams that the rumors are swirling around. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. So, their GM, Travis Schlenk, went on the radio, I don't know, was it about two, three weeks ago, and called out the team by calling out himself. I personally thought it was a great move. He said, I obviously haven't assembled <laughs> a roster that can compete. Right. And put it on himself. But it's a message to the team. Hey, guys, this isn't what we expected. This this isn't what we wanted. And we're not reaching our goals. The main player there that they're talking about is John Collins, who I think is an excellent basketball player. Um, but I think he's also a tough fit for a lot of teams. There's, you know, power forward is this position that has changed so much. I'd say with the advent of the three ball in the way that the NBA is played. Now, you know, when I was growing up, power forward, very important position. You got down low, you got rebounds. Now it's more of a stretch four because teams run either a five out offense with nobody down low or a four out one down low, you know, in the dunker spot. And so John Collins, uh, has this problem where it's tough for him to play with your down low guy on the defensive end because he's not good enough as rim protector in order uh, for the players to, to, for teams to do that. So, John Collins is a guy that's swirling around. I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved. And another power forward that we've all heard about is DeMontis Simonis, the Indiana Pacers. Talk about a team that really needs to change directions and blow things up. And what happened with the Pacers is. Sabonis bonus is probably the better player right but Turner is the better fit for a championship contender the idea that you can bring him in plug and play right off the bat because he gives what I just spoke about the rim protection and also the ability to hit the three and Turner's a stretch five. The issue with Turner now is uh, he has the foot injury. Originally it was supposed to be come back this month. Now I'm hearing March as he's had another setback. So it's tough for a team to go all in for a guy that they're not sure uh, when he's going to come back. Sabonis bonus is another one where he's such a good player, but. How does he fit on these teams? Because you're going to have those same defensive liabilities uh, that I talked about with Collins. The Golden State Warriors have been talked about so much because, hey, this team is playing great basketball. They're definitely within their championship window. And if they were to, to move these pieces, right, it's the three young players they've drafted within the last two years. James Wiseman, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga. But if you watch these young kids, especially Kaminga, I think it's going to be hard for the Warriors uh, to give up on them because uh, especially Kaminga, this guy looks like a a guy that's going to be an all-star within the next three or four years. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Warriors stand pat at the trade deadline. And the last team I want to discuss, Holden, a city you're very familiar with, and that's Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards. I think the Wizards are another team that they need, they need to move on from Beal. I know that Beal is a good soldier. He said he wants to be on the same team for life. And, hey, in this new era, we have to give that respect. But we have to realize the ceiling with the team of just having a score first point guard that really can't play a lot of defense he has a pretty good team around him. It's not like, you know, he he's running around with a bunch of guys that can't play basketball and still they're not getting it done. Then we look the fact that he's 27, will be 28 by the end of the year. He wants a 5-year extension. The extension moves him up to $50 million. Do you want to do that if you're the Wizards who aren't really anywhere close to the title? I think a team that can do that is the team that says, "Okay, We get this good value for the next two or three years, and then, you know, we have a bad contract for the last two, but it's okay because hopefully we'll have a championship in our pocket if we add him. So I would like to see Bradley Beal on the move. Uh, You know, I think he's a guy that a lot of teams would be excited to add because he adds such a scoring punch. And also, when he's not going to be the number one guy, I think it's going to make him more effective. A lot of times now he gets a lot of attention. Uh, from opposing defenses you know you put him on a different team maybe the number two or number three option I think that you'll really see his efficiency rise
3: spread a stare rump your bets holding cushion here on point spread Sunday on Vison the sports betting network got about 90 seconds here spread so a quick pick today you've looked through this slate I'm sure you woke up early this morning for me I appreciate that what are you thinking do you have a play today
4: yeah, it was tough. It was tough, holding. There's so much injury news that we're waiting on. So I right. went with the game where I'm sure that I know all, all the stars are playing, right? I'm not worried about Harden's status, right, or things like that. And I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Uh, two hot teams, right? The Mavericks have won 14 of their last 19 games. Hawks have won 10 of their last 12 games. Uh, but most recently they lost in Toronto and that was on Friday night. So this is quite the travel, right? To go all the way from Canada to Dallas. Uh, I like the Mavericks here. This is gonna be a fun game, right? The narrative around the game, right? Cause Luca and Trey Young were traded for each other on draft day four years ago. Um, so that will be around there. But I do like Dallas to get it done here. They're laying two points. Uh, I like it out to two and a half because it opened at two and a half and I can see it moving back there. But anyways, but I do like Dallas to get it done. They play better defense and one nice little tidbit here. Holden the home team between Dallas and Atlanta has won seven of the last eight games when they've met. So give me the Dallas and minus two
3: spread. Wonderful. Thank you so much for hopping on spread a stare from run pure bets. I'm going to come back, talk a little college basketball, maybe sneak a little more Super Bowl in there. Definitely spend the last half of the show or the last half of the hour. On the Super Bowl as well. Thank you, Spread. Holden Kushner here. Point Spread Sunday on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is
3: This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you, Brent Musburger. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Sundays brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches—a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups, no more batteries to charge or leak the equipment to deal with. Zinn nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zy slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So, uh, as long as we talk about addiction, bet responsibly. I mean, seriously, let's go. Don't get too crazy here in the Super Bowl. Bet within your means. I'm Holden Kushner, uh, host of VEASAN's Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. I will continue to plug this thing. Listen to it if you're betting on Denver sports teams, if you're betting on Colorado, or you just like funny stories and uh, talking about some other things, such as the Brian Flores issue. I just go all around the world of sports, give you some local bets, it's a great time. The Denver city cast presented by bet rivers. This is point spread Sunday here on VSN, the sports betting network uh, earlier in the show. And I'm going to talk some college hoops here in just a second earlier in the show. I said, I was going to hit the bet that I kind of talked myself into on the show. Now it was a very small bet. This is not a full unit bet whatsoever, but I really liked this. Uh, Matt Nevert, our producer did a great job here. Uh, he, he came up with a kick. A game winning walk off field goal at the end of regulation. I mean, that'd be so exciting, anyways. And then if it happens, I'm getting five to one plus 500. Yeah. You know, I bet it though. So I could just say that I bet it. And if it happens, I actually won. And if it doesn't win, big deal. It's only a couple of bucks. I don't really care. But to kick a game winning field goal, are you kidding me? Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Non QB to throw a TD pass. And Super Bowl 56 was another one that I thought was interesting, but ultimately, uh, the quirky one I'm going to hit here, game-winning walk-off field goal, plus 500. Doesn't matter which team, just one of the teams. Okay, now it's time to get into a little bit of college basketball talk, and then the last 30 minutes of the show, back to the Super Bowl, all Super Bowl, all the time. So we start with this. I focus on two conferences and one team. I think the best basketball betters now don't include Greg Peterson in this. He is just, he's an alien. He's a machine. I don't understand how he does it. He's a tremendous better. He does like this three hour podcast. He does live shows. He's literally a freak of nature. So I'm not like Greg Peterson where I can just look at every single game, handicap it with a system and then talk about every game. That's just not me. Uh, I know a lot of betters that are like me though. They focus on one or two conferences. They really dig into it and they don't worry about all the other things that are going on. Now, are there some games like the Duke North Carolina game? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun to bet on sure. Big games. But for me, I focus on two, two conferences, the mountain West and the big sky, the mountain West. big. First of all, these two conferences are really fun. There's a lot of teams that are kind of jammed together. Uh, you get some teams that are playing up tempo it, 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 they're small arenas like Wyoming no one thinks of Wyoming the dome of doom have you ever heard of the Dome of doom oh my god I'm so afraid of it Wyoming's kind of fun to bet on too so I do that I do big Sky northern Colorado's in that the books have a hard time handicapping team totals and even sides a lot I mean they can do their algorithm with kempom or whatever the hell guess else that they put in there but Team totals is something they are completely off on. And I think the Mountain West and the Big Sky, those are two things I often look into. Then the other thing is Kansas basketball. I went to Kansas. Uh, I don't have any favorite professional sports teams anymore. I I was a sports talk show host for a long time. I was a reporter for a long time. When you're a reporter, a host, you get to know players a lot just never get into the teams anymore. I, I, I look at them more for betting. Whoever I'm betting on is my favorite team that weekend. But for Kansas basketball, it's like the last team that I should actually be a fan of. And I dig in and I watch them so much that I kind of have an edge. And I've been good at betting Kansas basketball. But yesterday was yesterday. They beat Baylor. We got nothing to talk about today. So uh, let me get to a few games here. And I'm going to start with the Mountain West. And then I got another thought on a Big East game today. Let's start with the Mount West, Nevada at San Diego State. San Diego State is going to be a tournament team in all likelihood. Again, there's some really good teams at the Mount West. Boise's a really good team. Boise State, really good team. Wyoming, really good team. Colorado State, tournament team. And I think San Diego State, I think it's a four bid league this year. That's pretty impressive. So here we go. Nevada, San Diego State. You got San Diego State, 12 and a half point favorites at home and a total of 129. So Nevada's without their big seven-footer, Warren Washington, uh, 10.6 rebounds a game. Their top player, Grant Shurfield, though, is a stud, 18-7. and seven. We'll be talking about him uh, a lot come the Mount West tournament, but talk about him here just a little bit, too. The Wolfpack, Nevada, Remember they were really good um, e- even a couple of years ago, but they're 215th and shooting from the field is just 43%. Not a good shooting team going up against the San Diego State team which is if not the best defensive team in the nation, maybe the second best because they're the second best defensive team in adjusted efficiency and they're fifth in scoring defense. So the first thing is I look at this game and I say 129 and a half. That's not a big number, but I'm absolutely hitting the under on this today at under 129 and a half. The Aztecs have not been playing great basketball overall. Uh, they are coming off a loss to Colorado state where they were down by 15, came back, didn't cover that kind of hurt a little bit, but the under is 13 and five in the last 18 Aztecs games. So I am going to go with the under at 129 and a half. If you've seen San Diego State, you know how ugly these games are. and Nevada's just not a good shooting team. The Aztecs don't score very much. Not too much thought put into this outside of the notes that I just gave you under 129 and a half. The next game is tonight, and this is going to be a seven o'clock Eastern game, uh, game. Wyoming at Fresno State. This is not in the Dome of Doom. I can't say the Dome of Doom, by the way. Just nor- It's got to be the Dome of Doom. Like People go bananas in Wyoming. There's not too much going on in Laramie. With all due respect to my, my viewers or listeners in Laramie right now, let's face it, not too much. So they go to these games and they go absolutely bananas. So you got Wyoming. Beating Colorado State, who was the second best team in the conference at the time. And they just beat Boise State, who was number one in the conference at the time. So the Cowboys second place in the Mountain West. Graham Ike is their stud, 33 points. And their win over Boise State the other night, 72-65. Now, on the season, Ike scoring 19 points per game. He's spectacular. Eight and a half rebounds. And there's a kid. And I'm telling you, when we get to the tournament, Wyoming has a shot to be there. Hunter Maldonado is another guy. You're going to want to get to know his name. 14 points, three and a half rebounds shoots 51% over the last 10 games for Wyoming. Now Fresno state needs this. They're not even close to being a tournament team. They have won five of the last six against Wyoming Fresno State, 283rd in points per game, though, at 67. Defensively, kind of like San Diego State, they don't score very much, but they are sixth overall defensively, allowing just 57 points per game. That being said, uh, Wyoming is just the better team. Wyoming is getting three points. So my next college play today is going to be Wyoming plus three on the road. Maybe the numbers don't bear it out, but this is an eye test and a numbers thing for me just watching these teams quite a few times this season. Uh, The last one will be Providence at Georgetown. This one's coming up at noon. Uh FS1, six and a half point favorites for Providence on the road at to Georgetown. Total here is 146 and a half. Georgetown is god-awful. And this is coming from a guy that grew up a huge Patrick Ewing fan. He can't be the coach very much longer. Uh, and then Providence, they just continue to win games. They're on a six-game win streak. They lead the Big East at nine and one. Uh, they're 49th in Ken Palm ratings. They went up two spots to 15th in the AP poll. This is a really good basketball team headed to the tournament and probably grabbing a top four seed, maybe a top five seed Hoyas brutal in the big East. They are zero and nine, they have given up 83 points in five of their last seven games. They're giving up 76.8 points this season. That is 333rd overall. That is just God awful. Georgetown. zero and 14 scoring less than 78 points. I expect the friars to cover this thing. Six and a half. Georgetown is just a really, really bad basketball team. Okay. Coming up next on point spread Sunday, Ian McMillan from uh, bet sided. And he is going to break down the super bowl meet with me once again. He's got some bets coming up. he have got some prop bets that we need to talk about, and just his uh, basic overall approach to betting the Super Bowl. Like I said, I'm sitting on two Rams futures. I'm going to hedge it with the Bengals. I like my st- chances with the Rams, though, especially on the money line. That would be terrific. Uh, so we'll talk some more Super Bowl next with Ian McMillan from BetSided Point Spread Sunday on Veasan V Sports Betting Network. My name's Holden Kushner. Stick around.
1: This is Point Spread Sunday on
3: VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get all the VSIN, all, all access to everything we do now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now, get our daily Best Bets emails. 24 7 video access the upcoming college who's betting guide bracket breakdowns my gosh there's a lot of stuff we got for you plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game deal only happens one time a year so don't miss out visit vsin.com backslash madness Point Spread Sunday. My name is Holden Kushner. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. I also host Veasan's Denver Citycast, presented by Bet Rivers. You're ever betting Colorado or Denver teams, check it out. Maybe I can help you along the way. Speaking of helping us along the way, Ian McMillan uh, with Bet Sided. He has. He's also with the Bacon Bets podcast. He's going to try and help us out a little bit with some NFL bets. Ian, first of all, welcome to Point Spread Sunday. Second of all. Kind of threw it out there in the line, huh? Rams, Rams, Rams. So you're taking the Rams?
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, I am taking the Rams. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, listen, I, I I think a lot of people are getting caught up in this in this Joe Burrow uh, narrative that's going on, and and I like I love Joe Burrow as much as the next guy. I was on the Bengals two weeks ago against the Titans. I was on the Bengals to cover against the Chiefs. I'm not a Bengals hater, but at the end of the day. You can't just place a bet solely based on a quarterback. There are 20 other players or 20 other starters on this Bengals team. Uh, And and the Rams are just a more complete team from top to bottom. Listen, the Bengals' biggest weakness, which we all know, is their (laughs) offensive line. Two of the three teams they placed – uh, they played against in the, in the NFL playoffs were one of the, some of the worst pass rushes in the NFL. I think Raiders ranked 23rd in sack percentage. Chiefs ranked second last uh, in sack percentage, one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL. The only top 10 pass rush they faced was the Titans, and Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, and now they have to t- take on Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and this Rams pass rush. I think it's important not to overthink it because people's hearts, they, we want to cheer for Joe Burrow, and if you just want to bet on the Bengals because you want them to win, that's fine. But if you want to make money, The Rams are just the more complete team from top to bottom. And, and I I think that's just true when you look at the stats in this game.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I think there's no question that after Robert Woods went down, people soured on the Rams. And I don't think that the number two wide receiver going down was the end of the season for the Rams. They're playing great football, Matt Stafford. If he doesn't turn the football over, I'm with you. I think that the Rams take this, they could run away. But my question is, do you feel confident enough? on an alternate spread, maybe a plus uh, or a minus six and a half, a minus nine and a half. Are you that confident where you're getting big time plus money on the Rams?
1: Yeah, funny you ask that. So I I placed my Rams minus four bet the the night that the the line was released. Um, So really my only decision now is if I want to do an alt line. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get as aggressive to go all the way up to minus nine and a half, but I've strongly considered a minus six and a half alt line. Uh, to get uh, to get the Rams kind of inside that magic number of a touch, so uh, I haven't placed that yet yet. But I mean, you mentioned it. It comes down to turnovers. If the Rams don't turn the ball over, they are the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Now it's a big if. Uh, but it, like in every single loss that the, that the Rams had, Matt Stafford threw at least one interception, and the majority of them he threw at least two. The Rams had four turnovers against the Bucks, still managed to win. A couple turnovers last week, still managed to win. If they just don't turn the ball over, big if. But if they just don't turn the ball over, they're going to run away with it. It's so not only turn the ball over, but they seem to turn the ball over at the worst possible time, week in and week out. Uh, like the opening drive last week, uh, they should have scored a touchdown, Matt Stafford threw an interception in the end zone. So if they just don't turn the ball over, I think they're going to run away with this game. So I likely will place a minus six and a half alt-line bet uh, before kickoff on Sunday.
3: What do you think about the total in this game, sitting at 48 and a half? Any thoughts? Any bets?
1: I'm probably staying away from the total. I think it's set at the right number. If I were to place a bet on it, I think I would go under. Uh, I just think I think this game comes down to the Rams defense. I I think they're going to get to Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a low scoring game. Uh, I think Sean McVay might try to establish the run early and often. And if they get out to a lead, just stick to it because uh, I mean, he, he's not stupid. He knows that kind of the issues that they run into this season is when he's forced Matt Stafford to throw the ball all over the field and force throws, and that's where those interceptions come from. So we've seen him run the ball a little bit more throughout the postseason. So if the Rams run the ball, kind of stick to that game script, uh, the Rams' defense steps up, their pass rush gets to Joe Burrow, uh, I think it might be more on the low-scoring low, uh, low scoring end. So I, w- I would lean the under, but I, I think it's set at the right number, so I'm probably going to stay away from it.
3: You know that's interesting you talk about uh, rushing. Cam Akers just doesn't look like himself. Came back quickly from the Achilles issue. I get it. In the first week he was back, boy, they gave him a heavy workload. He looked sharp. He was great in the passing game too. But in the playoffs, 2.8 yards per carry. It doesn't look like he has the explosiveness either. Just a, a 15 yards is his long carry to this point. So that that would actually be a little concern of mine if the Rams do end up running Um, even half the time at this point. Now, if they're up big, okay, I get it. I'm a little concerned about the Rams rushing game and maybe Sony Michelle gets some looks here too, uh, but it doesn't sound like you're concerned about that. So why is there no concern on your part about the Rams rushing game is just because the Bengals are so bad at stopping it or is there something else?
1: Yeah, that's a big part of it. Uh, the Bengals, their 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 weakness on defense is certainly the run defense. They're fine in the secondary, not great, but it, it's the run defense where you can really attack this Bengals defense, 24th and opponent yards per carry heading into this game. So teams are averaging 4.5 yards per rush against them. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, the Rams just don't have a strong rushing attack. Cam Akers in, Cam Akers out the whole season. Uh, they, they're in the bottom 50% in the NFL in most rushing statistics. So certainly not the bread and butter, but if they can get it going early against this weak Bengals rush defense, and they're probably going to ride it out for the majority of the game. And and that would be kind of smart to not force Stafford to throw those uh, uh, big time throws until he needs to or if he needs to. So uh, it certainly might not work, but I I would be curious to see how they do against against this uh, Bengals run defense because they have played some of the better run defenses uh, in the NFL through or in the NFC through the playoffs, like the Buccaneers, one of the better run defenses. So and that is an interesting matchup. I'm I'm curious to see what the outcome is going to be. Ian
3: McMillan, uh, McMillan fan side of bet side at Holden Kuster here. Um, point spread Sunday on VEASAN. So player props, right? are you into anything? I already told you I'm, I'm on the under on acres. There's a few other I'm on. Have you dug into the player prop market here as we're still a week away?
1: Yeah, I haven't yet, but but I mean, my, my player prop, uh, kind of my strategy for it is very simple. So though there's a few that I haven't placed yet, but I'll probably be looking at. You just look to see what the other team's defense does well or what they do bad and then bet accordingly. So we we're talking about run defense. The Rams run defense is one of the best foul heading into this game. Fourth in opponent yards per carry, only allowing an average of 3.9. So based on that, I'd be looking at the Joe Mixon under uh, for his rushing total. I haven't placed that bet yet. I'm still going to do a little bit of line shopping on it. Uh, you, It's usually the week. Usually I place my Super Bowl bet as soon as the lines release, and the week heading into the Super Bowl is when I dig in a player prop. So I'd, I'd probably be looking at Joe Mixon under Bengals secondary. Isn't that bad. And everyone's kind of, I think, overvaluing Cooper cup a little bit because of his performances recently. Get me wrong. He's the best receiver in the NFL this season, but when you're just looking at value from a betting standpoint, I'm probably going to go the under for Cooper Cup receiving yards as well, because uh, like I said, the strength of the Bengals defense, if you can kind of call it that, uh, is their secondary as opposed to the run defense. So those would be would be the two I'd be looking at, but it, as much as it's not fun to cheer for them in the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to be betting more unders for player props uh, than overs.
3: Well, I'm normally an under better too. And as far as Cam Akers goes, I got him on the under I'm against you on Cooper cup. I mean, you really have to have some stones to bet an under at this point. There's just nothing. And let's have a conversation about this. There's nothing about this that makes me want to bet the under on Cooper cup, given he's just blown through his props more times than not when it's sitting over hundred yards, like coming into this year, I don't even know if I bet a receiver over hundred yards in a game. To me, Cooper Cup just unstoppable. Maybe you'll see some zone. So you're on the other side of this. Talk me out of this Cooper Cup bet.
1: I mean, it's it's, like you mentioned, it's very hard to kind of convince someone or or to bet an under for Cooper Cup receiving errors. But I think this kind of goes back uh, to my original point where I do think the Rams are going to try to establish the run. I think that's going to be their game plan going into it. It's going to take the pressure off Matt Stafford. Uh, it's going to attack the Bengals, uh, weakest part of their defense. And if that's the case, um, I just don't know how many uh, times Matt Stafford's going to throw, especially if they get the lead. Um, and, and also, don't forget, I mean, OBJ, obviously not putting up the numbers that, that uh, Cooper Cup has been, but he's been a very consistent weapon for them, not only as a deep threat, but he's had very reliable hands on third down, which I found pretty interesting and which I didn't expect from him, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I haven't locked in under on Cooper Cup yet, but but kind of. OBJ and the Rams game script kind of convinces me to think I might do it before kickoff.
3: All right, Ian. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. I like the uh, counterpoint. You take care of yourself.
1: Thank you, my friend. In thanks for game. having me on and uh, good yep. luck with your bets this week.
3: You got it. Ian with bet and fan side and I'm holding Kushner. Host of the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Check it out if you get a minute. Uh, I will come back. I've got the Cooper Cup bet. I got the Cam Akers bet. I got a Bengals bet. And I got a penalties bet, too. Stick around. The SIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
2: This is Point
3: Spread Sunday on VSIN, the sports betting network. I bet you're getting ready to watch the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans on championship weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the Vsin Betting Experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Okay, Holden Kushner, host of the Vsin Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. If you're ever into betting Colorado teams, whether it be here in Denver or college sports teams in Colorado, I got the breakdown for you. I break down every single team around here, whether it be the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Rockies. I mean, who the heck knows if baseball is even going to play anytime soon? And then college basketball and college football. Huge into the college basketball right now. So if you ever got any thoughts, you're betting a Colorado, Colorado State, Northern Colorado game. Check it out, Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Uh, also. I just did the read for you. So they're going to have the live bet cast. I love that. I am a huge live better, especially in the NBA In the NBA, the injuries, the guys that are just sitting out. I don't like the bet sides or totals in the NBA pregame. I only bet player props pregame. Once you get into the game, I can do it, but, Outside of that, too much, just too much floating around there. Uncertainty, I guess is the word. And the NFL, on the other hand, love live betting it too. I'll bet pregame. I'll bet in-game. Now, in-game betting, for those of you that haven't done it very much, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in states where legalization is just coming around. I'm talking about sports betting legalization. So where it's just starting to come around. And live betting's fun, but it's not an easy thing to do. First of all, you've got to do it with repetition, you gotta do it with repetition, and I get it. There's guys with thousand dollar bets. Your unit's a thousand dollars. Okay, I think I really think it's worth it. If you take about one to five percent of your uh, of your bet, of your unit bet, and if you want to try it out, just try it out. Dip your toe in the water in live betting because you're gonna get. I mean, you get the value. It keeps you locked in. It makes you really focus on different angles of the game that you normally wouldn't. And the second thing is going with a plan. Now, there's some guys that can just go into a football game and say, okay, here, this feels right. And they're feel betters. I think that's about 2% of betters are just feel betters at this point. The rest of us gotta grind, we gotta dig into numbers, we gotta figure out how to do it. For me, it's going in with a game plan. Now, what is my game plan going to be? I have not finished it yet, but I will be going in and looking probably at the match staff for passing yards. It's at 279 and a half right now. I don't love it. I want to get a feel how that, that first quarter goes. You know, if the Rams come out throwing it, I actually expect them to run. They've been running the football more in the postseason than they did during the regular season. Hmm. But you know, for me, it would be going into this, if Stafford gets off to a hot start, the prop, the prop is up in the 300s, 320 range, maybe that's a situation where I want to shade to the under. If he comes out slow and the prop drops all the way down to maybe 250 before halftime and we need to hit the number, you can actually jump on the over. So there's usually going to be three or four players that I'll have a game plan for. And I'll also have a game plan for the spread and the total team totals and other things. So if you're live betting, the best advice that I can give you is, especially if you haven't done it before, just go in there and have a plan. Pick out a few players, pick out a bet or two that you like, and come up with your own number. Come up with your own game script, and if at that time you feel comfortable enough to place the bet, go for it. And the other thing is, don't put a full unit down if you're just getting into live betting. It's, it's not as easy as it is. You might hit your first five live bets. Well, maybe the next five bets don't go so well. So have a plan going into live betting. Make sure you stay very true to your bankroll as well. Here's my bets. I'm not going to be on for Super Bowl Sunday. I might do a, a guest spot here on VEASAN, but here's what I got as far as bets for the Super Bowl. My favorite bet is a novelty bet, a prop bet, under nine and a half penalties. Discussed this earlier. I'll bring it up once again. Last year's Super Bowl, Chiefs had eight penalties in the first half. Bucks had one. Everybody's complaining about the penalties. There was so much. Second half, the referees cut back on it. I don't think the NFL wants this to be remembered for the penalty Super Bowl. Last year, a lot of people remember it for penalty. Then there's others. We don't even remember last year's Super Bowl. It was a little bit out there. So I had to go back and do the research. Then I looked at tweets, and everybody just went banana. Why the penalty? Second half, they cut it down. Couple other reasons why I like under nine and a half at plus one oh one on Bet Rivers. The over is minus 140. Why bother with that? Second and third least penalized teams in the National Football League. The Rams, 30th, the Bengals, 31st. 30th, these teams don't get penalized very much. 76 for the Rams, 71 for the Bengals. I'm not great at math, but that's, you know, barely f- more than four per game. Okay, that's the first thing. Second of all, Last year, uh, we had all those penalties. 15, year before was nine, year before that was 12. I don't think you can use history for that outside of maybe the narrative that the NFL does not want this being as ugly and as penalized game as we saw. The other thing is Ronald Torbert is the lead official here for the Super Bowl. His crew, fourth fewest among the 17 crews last year. Fun little side bet here. I'm gonna go with under Nine and a half penalties at slightly plus money on Bet Rivers. The next one I like, let's go to Cam Akers. Let's just keep riding the train. We're playing with house money at this point. If you've been following me under Cam Akers rushing yards the last two weeks, he's averaging 2.8 yards per carry. He just hasn't been good in the playoffs. And I think the biggest reason for that, lack of explosive plays. He came back very quickly from that Achilles issue. And I understand that he came back in that first game, got a massive workload. Maybe it was the second game, massive workload, workload in the passing game. We just haven't seen the explosiveness in the playoffs. 2.8 yards per carry. You do the math there. Four yards per even if we bump them up to four with sixteen carries at sixty-four yards. I like the under sixty-five and a half. Things sitting around sixty-two and a half. I think it's good down to about sixty-two and a half. I would not go below that whatsoever. So Cam Akers under the number rushing yards i 65 and a half. It was at 68 and a half. Everybody got on the under now it's 62 and a half. I'm fine right there. Next bet is another running back, but it's going to be on the other side. I happen to think the Rams are going to win this game. I also happen to think that the Bengals are going to have to pass quite a bit and catch up playing from a deficit. What does that mean? More passes for Joe Burrow and he doesn't just pass it to Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and others and we might have not have uh, CJ Uzama out there either but Joe Mixon's going to get his in the passing game but look at the game script and a negative game script when you're trailing for the Bengals P. Ryan's getting 2 to 4 targets a game might have even had 5 last week so he's going to be involved in the passing game a little bit if this team is down over one and a half receptions for Samaje Ryan, one of our guests earlier, Ben Brown, he came on and he was talking about the yards. I'm fine with the yards too. I just want to have, I, I think he gets two catches. Does that equal him getting over the yards? Possibly. But I mean, if we get two catches for three yards, which is completely in the realm of possibility, I don't want to worry about the yards. I want to worry about the receptions. P. Ryan over one and a half receptions is the next play. After that is kind of a fun one. The MVP, and I'll get back into the numbers because it's very important. Super Bowl MVPs overwhelmingly are quarterbacks, 31. And I don't remember what Super Bowl this is. It's somewhere in the 50s, but 31 MVPs have been quarterbacks. Seven have been running backs. Seven have been wide receivers. Four linebackers and the rest, you know, defenders, returners, stuff like that. 31 quarterbacks, right? Well, I think there's some wide receivers that could definitely win the MVP. And if you're going to give me plus 250 on Bet MGM to get a non quarterback to win the Super Bowl, I'm absolutely fine with that. If Stafford has a big game, Cooper Cup's likely having a big game. If Burrow's having a big game, Jamar Chase likely having a big game. I could see one of those two guys getting to 200 yards 150, 175, 200. Absolutely. I'm already on the Cooper Cup over yards one of those two guys has a shot to have a humongous game maybe T Higgins as well i think defensively you've already got a super bowl mvp and von miller aaron donalds back there as well plus 250 bet mgm let's go a non quarterback to win the super bowl MVP. And I did do it during the break. If you're watching earlier, uh, it was plus 500 walk-off field goal, game-winning field goal, last play of the game, plus 500 on DraftKings. Just a sprinkle, just a sprinkle. That's kind of a fun one, just in case. Give me five to one. I love a good novelty prop right there. Thank you very much to our producer, Matt Everett. Done a great job with me. Really appreciate all the work he's done behind the scenes, Probably call me up next week. I won't be hosting the show; they'll have the hosts in Vegas, but I will be hopping on, giving my thoughts as well. Again, Veasan's Denver Citycast, presented by Bet Rivers. That is my podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find out more about me and my plays and my quirkiness at Holden Radio. This has been Point Spread Sunday on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.